Welcome everyone to Daf Yomi, one week at a time. Uh, this is our fourth lesson in Masechet Moed Katan, and today we are going to be reviewing Daf 21 through Daf 29 and finishing the Masechet. Uh, those of you who are doing the daily Daf, uh, we only finish on Thursday, uh, but uh, we're we're going to get a, a jump on that, and we're going to finish together as a group today. And then next week, we are going to start Masechet Chagiga together. Uh, there'll be an in, uh, an introduction to the Masechet, uh, and um, Chagiga is actually the last Masechet in Seder Moed. So uh, we are almost finished with the uh, section uh, dealing with holidays. Um, and let's get to our uh, dopping today. So as I said, we're going to start at DAF 21, and we're going to be talking about um, what's called um, tearing Kriya, uh, or um, ripping one's clothing uh, as a sign of mourning. And um, the Gemara in DAF 21 tells us that uh, when you are tearing your clothing, you should stand up. Uh, it's learned from Eov, uh, Job, or from uh, King David. Uh, from here, we see a list of things that the mourner cannot do. Uh, again, as we mentioned before, um, we are we were talking about things that cannot be done on Chol HaMoed, uh, and now the rest of the Masechet is really talking about the um, the customs and the rituals of a, a person in mourning. Um, so the Gemara tells us that a mourner should not go to work, uh, bathe, anoint, have relations, uh, wear shoes, uh, learn Torah uh, or Mishnah or uh, stories or the law or the the Talmud, um, and basically um, um, all the things that will make the, the mourner happy. Um, if the public needs the person, so then they can teach, right? Uh, we were talking about, let's say, if a person is a teacher, so in general, they shouldn't teach, but if, if they are needed, um, then it is okay, excuse me, then it is okay for the person to teach. Um, the, the mourner does not wear uh, um, tefillin, for the first three days, or maybe just the first two days, or maybe only the first day, which is the case. Uh, only that first day, they, the person does not wear uh, tefillin. Uh, this is learned from the verses that imply that uh, two days of mourning um, was uh, how much they mourned, or one day, again, based on uh, the verses. Um, the law says that um, you can put on tefillin on the second day. Uh, as I mentioned again, um, the the law is that on the first day is the day that they do not, um, a mourner does not wear tefillin, but all subsequent days the mourner does wear, uh, does wear tefillin. Um, we said that the mourner should not go to work. Um, so maybe the Gemara says maybe it's only the first three days. Again, we're going to see uh, as we continue today that um, the first three days are seen as the most intense. Uh, as we saw previously, and we'll see again today, um, the, the, the morning period is divided up into different stages. Um, the first stage is going to be the first day. Uh, then there seems to be something very more severe the first three days. 
then seven, and then 30. So uh, the Gemara tells us for sure you should not work the first three days. After that, you can work privately. Um, also, the, it, the Gemara tells us that a mourner should not go to another mourner's house, meaning the mourner needs to stay uh, in, in their own house and, and focus on themselves. Um, also, in terms of greeting, uh, the Gemara tells us that the first three days, uh, you cannot, the mourner cannot greet other people. From day three to seven, the mourner responds but doesn't initiate. Uh, and after that, after day seven, after the Shiva period is finished, um, the mourner continues uh, normally in terms of regular greeting. Um, for respect of the public, they can initiate a greeting. Um, Rabbi Akiva uh, uh, says this, um, within 30 days, um, you can console a mourner, but you shouldn't ask how, how the mourner is doing, right? Again, we know that uh, the mourner is dealing with a lot. Don't ask, meaning uh, within those three, 30 days, they're still, uh, the, the, the grief is very raw. After 30 days, you can ask how the person is doing and you don't console them anymore. Uh, so I think this is an interesting concept in terms of what does the word console mean, right? When we go to console a mourner, um, when we do uh, uh, pay a shiva call, it's called in America, or in, he in Hebrew, we say, to be Menachem Avel, right? What does that mean? Uh, we try to give words of support, uh, words of, of kindness. I think those you can always do, uh, but it's interesting that the Gemara basically tells us um, after 30 days, you, you work on uh, asking the person how they're doing, how they're working, functioning in society. It's a different conversation than it is within the first 30 days. Um, the Gemara tells us that if a person's wife died and then they remarried, you don't console him or his new wife, right? Once, once uh, he remarries, it seems that he is in another stage and, and that's the end of the, the mourning period. Or maybe within 12 months, you can console him after 12 months. So then no, uh, this goes back to when we were talking about right within 30 days, um, you know, there's a certain stage. So here the Gemara says maybe it's actually after a year, right? Again, after 30, the next level is a year. Uh, that is the, the official mourning period. Um, and maybe one can console a person for that first year, and afterwards it's about their function. Uh, here the Gemara is going to make a, another distinction, and that is between mourning for a parent as opposed to mourning for other immediate relatives. And we'll see throughout uh, this shiur that mourning for a parent is more uh, strict or severe in the sense that, uh, again, here the Gemara tells us that uh, you you don't you can console the person within 12 months. For everybody else, it's 30 days. Uh, and we see that in terms of the, the practices of mourning uh, for a parent is 12 months, again, or 11, but the idea is a year, uh, as opposed to for other immediate relatives, it is only 30 days. Um, okay, um, the Gemara now talks about um, one family member traveling to be with the other family members 
for Shiva. Um, so the Gemara tells us that if a person travels to the other family to sit Shiva with them within the first three days, so then that person counts Shiva like everybody else. But if he gets there after the first three days, meaning he hasn't sat Shiva at all, so then he starts his own count. Um, the top of Daf 22 tells us that um, what if you are uh, burying the person in a different city, right, than the, where the mourners live, right, especially if you think about when uh, somebody is, flow, they fly the body to Israel, when does the mourning period begin? So on Daf 22, the Gemara tells us that if they take the body out of town, let's say to be buried in Israel, so then you start counting from when you, the mourner, gets home, um, and the ones who accompany the body count from burial, right? So it seems that, let's say, if certain family members go to accompany the body and others do not, um, they will be sitting Shiva for different periods of time uh, because one one will, you know, the, the people staying will begin counting right away. Uh, the people who are going to Israel will start begin counting from burial. Um, the halacha is that if you arrive at the house of mourning, um, even on the last day, then you sit just uh, for that last day, meaning um, the family member, the family members are going to count uh, together and not separately. Um, okay. Uh, and again, as we mentioned before, um, when there is a, a difference of opinion, we are always going to be lenient when discussing the laws of mourning. Um, the Gemara tells us that it's best to bury uh, a person immediately, um, but if it's for parents, if waiting will bring more people to the funeral, then it's better to uh, wait for the 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 the. the, the for more people. Um, what if it's Erev Shabbat, right? What if it's on Friday? Um, you should bury right away. Uh, again, here in Israel, um, the uh, burials are done quickly right away, uh, generally within the same day uh, that the person has passed away. Um, the the Gemara says that you have to lessen the amount of business that you are dealing with if you're mourning for your parents. Um, for other people, if you're mourning for other people, um, that's up to you how much um, how much you want to limit your business interactions. Um, the Gemara describes a, a, a custom that we don't really have today, which is lowering clothing off of one shoulder. Uh, this is different than ripping the clothing, which we're going to talk about in a minute, um, but it seems that they would lower their clothing off of a shoulder for their parents. Um, if you were very important, you didn't do this. It wasn't honor uh, for you. Um, again, uh, if you're mourning for parents, then uh, you, you can get a haircut only when someone says you need to get a haircut. Otherwise, you should not get a haircut. Um, you can go to a simcha after 30 days um, if you, are, you were mourning for immediate relatives, but for parents, you have to wait 12 months. Again, as I mentioned before, uh, there's going to be that distinction in terms of um, the customs of mourning, whether you're mourning for parents, which is more stringent than mourning for other immediate relatives. Um, 
Uh, the Gemara says that if it's regular get-togethers, you are allowed to do that. Just we're talking about uh, happy occasions like weddings uh, and other smachot, uh, other occasions. Um, the Gemara now talks about um, ripping of the garment. Again, it's called kriya uh, or, or ripping a, um, a garment. Uh, I see, Fiona, you say you have a, a question. Ah, uh, yes. Look, sorry to interrupt. Um, it's it's. I just get a sense: is the reason why we've got these differences in days, um, basically to uh, enable the mourners to kind of, I guess, stagger and 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 work through the grieving process. And I'm thinking, I'm going to rush right here. I'm thinking with uh, twenty seven. Um, you know, there's this concern about. Um, excessive mourning so i'm i'm, I'm getting a sense uh it, it that the stages are to make sure people go through and 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 also to help um the community around them um also fashion their relationships according to those stages would that would that be correct excellent yes excellent um so uh that would definitely be be the case i think that the 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 law is very sensitive to uh i think to our emotions and uh as i liked how you also mentioned the community as well right the community must support the mourners uh we we've seen this before and we'll continue to see this in in today's class how uh, the community must um, um rally and support the person and um these different stages are going to facilitate or at least um um, uh, help the mourner um, through this difficult time. Uh, and I think that when it's very defined, I think that it gives the mourner uh, a, a, a definition of time. You are now in this stage. Now we're on the next stage. And exactly like you said, I think it's, it's meant to help, uh, to help us grieve, uh, uh, again, uh, as much as we can and deeply, uh, but to uh, also reintegrate the mourner back into the community and back into society. Um, excellent. Yes. Uh, again, if anybody has more questions, you can put it into the chat box as well. Um, so as I mentioned, um, we are going to uh, render the garments. You are going to uh, rip the the, the clothing. Um, I'll show you. Uh, I have a few pictures here. Uh, different ways. Um, the, the Gemara describes. Um, ripping, uh, you know, over the heart. Um, so one could rip like kind of in the middle of the shirt, uh, or one can rip uh, from the collar down, which I think is really the custom uh, that most people do. Uh, this idea is we're exposing our hearts, right? Again, it's a sign of mourning. Um, it's learned from David, from King David, and um, the Gemara tells us that men and women do tear uh, their clothing, though uh, for women, um, they kind of pin it back up uh, to not expose themselves, right, to be more modest. Um, the Gemara talks about um, afterwards closing up that torn garment. Um, the Gemara tells us that um, you can temporarily close it up after seven days um, and sew it up completely um, when... Uh, when after 30 days for a, a an immediate relative, but if we're talking about parents, um, you can um, kind of close it up after a few days, um, but you should never um, sew it up completely. Again, this idea that um, there's a permanent, um, you know, tear in our hearts 
uh, when chas v'shalom, when um, parents uh, pass away. Um, for parents, you should tear with your hands. Uh, for others, you can tear with uh, some other utensil. Um, the Gemara describes also tearing for the Nasi. The Nasi is the leader of the Jewish community, right? Almost like a king, but this is past the time of the king. Um, so if the Nasi dies, it's like a parent dies, and you also tear uh, Kriya. Um, and uh, again, the Gemara discusses uh, different um, leaders of the community. When they die, we have similar practices. Uh, Daf 23 tells us that um, the mourner for the first week doesn't leave their house. Uh, for the, you know, again, sitting Shiva. The second week they leave their house, uh, but they sit in another seat in shul. This idea that they're um, not going back to their regular life, but there's something different. The third week they sit in their seat, but they don't really speak to other people. And the fourth week um, they are back to regular practices uh, in the shul, in communal life. Um, the, the Gemara tells us that for 30 days, you should not get married, um, or maybe you have to wait two or three festivals, right? Meaning uh, somewhere between um, maybe a few weeks to a few months, maybe even to six months or a year. Um, if, the, however, if the mourner does not have any children, uh, then you can marry right away. Again, we know that there is a law um, to uh, to reproduce, to have children, uh, and therefore, in order to um, um, in order to fulfill that commandment, the person is allowed to remarry. Um, the Gemara also interestingly tells us that if we're dealing with um, a, a, a man who is now a widow and he has young children, he can marry right away so that he has someone to help him take care of the children as well. Um, you should not be uh, laundering your clothing the first 30 days. Um, the Gemara tells us that Shabbat does count in the seven. Um, there's a machloket, right, about what it looks like to mourn on Shabbat, right? There shouldn't be any public mourning on Shabbat. Um, and the Gemara discusses what, the, what it looks like on Shabbat. Um, the Gemara on 23 tells us you cannot eat in front of a dead body. You have to either leave the room uh, or make a, a separation. Um, you don't eat meat or drink wine. Um, you don't make brachot, right? This is um, discussing a person um, who is a mourner and before the funeral, right? That's the idea that the, 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 the deceased is still there. Um, that person is called an onen. Onen is, I would say, the most, uh, right, the, I would say, the, the most intense level of uh, mourning where um, the, this person is exempt from all uh, blessings, brachot, from uh, prayers, um, from shema, from um, putting on tefillin. Um, and then after the burial, they become an avel, a, a regular mourner, um, where they do pray and they do um, make blessings. Um, on Shabbat, you can eat regularly, you make brachot, you can pray, um, all these things are in public, but in private, uh, like relations, those are things that you don't do, uh, or maybe um, all mourning uh, customs are, um, um, are um, um, suspended for Shabbat. Um, Daf 24 tells us, right, there is no mourning on Shabbat. 
Um, and uh, again, you cannot have relations uh, as a as a mourner. Um, and here, the Gemara tells us that there are certain things uh, that are public signs of mourning, which we don't do on Shabbat, but private signs of mourning uh, you still do on Shabbat. Um, the Gemara talks about people tearing their garments, not at the time that they heard about the death, uh, but maybe even later on. Uh, and there's a, a difference of opinion if these tears can be mended or not. Um, um, Shavuot and Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are like the festival, and they stop Shiva um, and Shlushim. Uh, we've, we, we mentioned this before in terms of um, the days being uh, interrupted by the festival. The, fencil, the festival cancels these days out. Um, if an infant dies within 30 days, we have a limited funeral, and there is uh, no mourning, unfortunately. Um, after 30 days, uh, there is a small coffin, uh, and it's a quiet funeral, and there is, uh, there is a mourning period. Uh, after one year, it's a regular coffin, uh, and it is a regular uh, funeral and eulogy as well. Um, if, um, if someone died one day before Shavuot, so then um, after Shavuot, it's as if 14 days passed. Um, this is, again, because um, um, Shavuot is connected, um, is connected to uh, Pesach and Sukkot, uh, which are, like, are seven-day uh, seven um, seven holidays. No, uh, Fiona, the child is always buried uh, immediately. When we talk about a funeral, we mean um, a public display with eulogies and, and things like that. No, no, the child is always bo uh, buried uh, immediately. Um, okay, the next Mishnah at the bottom of Daf 24 tells us um, that um, mourners don't tear their clothing on Chol HaMoed, um, and they actually remove uh, these garments, um, and others can't cook for them, and again, um, they can't sit on low chairs. Uh, again, this idea is that there is no mourning on Chol HaMoed, um, because it is suspended till afterwards. Uh, that is, of course, very complicated uh, and a challenging experience. Uh, DOP 25 tells us that when a sage dies, all of of uh, his students, right, everyone in the community are like his relatives, and they mourn for this sage. Um, the, the Gemara tells us that if you mourn for a good person, your sins are forgiven. So it's interesting that um, the Gemara talks about a correlation between um, you mourning or you consoling a mourner and the effect that that has on you, on your soul, on on your uh, on on who you are. Uh, the Gemara is going to talk more about that in a few minutes. Um, if you are present when somebody dies, you must tear your clothing. Um, again, even if you're not an immediate relative, but if you witnessed it, um, the the Gemara describes it as it's as if you're witnessing a, a Sefer Torah burning, uh, a Torah scroll burning. Right, this idea, and we'll see this a little later on. Um, right, at death, 
uh, the ideas that the soul leaves the body. Um, and uh, it's it's compared to uh, again this idea of a burning Torah scroll. So you you tear your clothing. Um, the again the Gemara talks about ripping your clothing when you hear about uh, um, a, when you hear a eulogy of a sage. Um, they used to put a safer Torah, a Torah scroll, on the bed of a deceased. Um, and then they would need to take him out of a proper doorway and honor him um, because this the Torah scroll was on the bed as well. Again, there seems to be this correlation between the Torah scroll and uh, the, 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 the death of a sage. Um, there, um, um, the, the Gemara discusses um, the death and the eulogy and the burial of Rav Huna. Uh, he died in Bavel, uh, and then he was taken to Eretz Israel to be buried, to Israel to be buried. Um, again, uh, the Gemara says that if a body is intact, you make a line for the mourners. Um, and uh, the, Rav, they wanted to bury Rav Huna uh, next to Rabbi Chia, um, because uh, both of them were great, uh, were great scholars. Again, there's... Um, there's a custom to bury scholars together, or at least it's a very, um, it's a great honor to be buried next to a Torah scholar. Uh, and then there's a story of the spirit of Rabbi Chia telling his sons who had died and they were buried next to him. He asks them to kind of move over to make space um, again for Rav Huna to be buried next to him. Um, and, uh, uh, they they do I guess they make space and a pillar of fire raises up like rises up and scares everyone and it seems to be a, quite a dramatic burial. Um, there are more stories of uh, Rav Chista's death and burial and other sages and and uh, what happened at their burial as well. Uh, we also have a description of eulogies of the sages, uh, different things that they would say. Uh, right, the palms are mourning, right, because we have this, uh, the verse is tzaddik katamar yifrach, right, the, the righteous person is like a palm tree, uh, and therefore when a righteous person dies, the palm trees are mourning for him, right, cry for the mourners and not for the lost one, right, we, we are crying for ourselves that we have lost a great teacher, right, so um, uh, it's interesting, right, the students suffer uh, more than, I don't know about more, but the students are suffering as well, uh, right? They say this day is, um, is as difficult as if the sun, um, you know, sunset at noon. Again, very vivid imagery about what it means to lose uh, a teacher, a mentor, uh, a leader. Um, the, the Gemara on Doc 26 uh, describes some strange events that happen when great sages die. Uh, again, right, uh, the, the, the idea that uh, when a sage dies, um, there's something uh, very, um, there's something that the world is losing, right? The world is losing sanctity. The world is losing uh, righteousness. And, and uh, we all mourn that, for that, um, including the world itself. Um, the Gemara tells us on Doc 26, 
that you cannot, as we mentioned before, you cannot repair the tears in clothing made for the loss of parents or teachers or the leader of the community uh, that die, or if you hear bad news, uh, these are all reasons uh, that you would uh, tear your clothing, um, or when you hear God's name being cursed, or when a uh, Torah scroll is burnt, as we mentioned before, uh, or if you witness or see the destruction of Yehuda, of, of um, the, the area of Judah, uh, or the, the destruction of the temple or of Jerusalem. Um, and the Gemara goes through sources for each of these concepts, um, right? The source for tearing um, and not repairing these tears for a parent or teacher comes from Elisha. Uh, Elisha was the student of Eliyahu, uh, right? Elijah the prophet. Um, and um, and um, when Eliyahu died, right, Elisha calls up to him, father, father, or teacher, teacher, right? And this is how we see uh, that you have to tear and, and not te- um, sew it back together. Um, David, right, King David tears uh, Kriya, he tears his clothing, and he fasts when he hears about the death of Shaul, right, King Saul, and of Yonatan, uh, and when the Jewish people are defeated. So we see um, these are reasons that you would tear, um, right? So also, right, when bad things happen to the Jewish people, um, people tear Kriya. Um, when you hear someone curse God, you tear. The source is in uh, Kings Aleph, in Malachim Aleph. Um, the source for tearing for burning a Sefer Torah as well um, is from um, Yehoiakim. Uh, he didn't like what was written in the scroll of Eicha, right, of Lamentations. It talks about um, Yirmiyahu, Jeremiah, writes Lamentations uh, with prophecy, uh, speaking about Jerusalem going to be destroyed. Uh, Yehoiakim does not like this uh, prophecy, and he burns it. Uh, and there he says, um, right, that um, this is the source that you need to tear your clothing when a scroll is burnt. Uh, there's a story of people coming from the Shomron, from the north, like northern uh, north of Jerusalem, and they come down uh, to bring sacrifices to the temple. They unfortunately did not hear that the temple was destroyed. Um, and as they're walking, they're witnessing the destruction of the cities of Judah. Um, and they again tear their clothing as well. Um, the Gemara says that you can, um, that you can, hold on a second. Oh, this was turning around the tear. On, on Yom Kippur. Um, the Gemara talks about um, folding up the tear or restitching it, but not fully repairing it. Uh, here, the Gemara talks about now um, how much you have to tear. Um, so the first opinion is that you have to tear a tefach, again, like a hand's breath. Um, and then, let's say you hear of another death, or you can tear more. So this shows you uh, the upper portion was the initial tear. Uh, the lower portion is the uh, added tear. Uh, if you want to add to it, you can add uh, a little bit more. Um, again, and you can stitch it up if it's for a son, but you cannot stitch it up for a parent. Um, or maybe you need to stitch, uh, sorry, to tear um, two tears, right, two separate tears, um, and for each, let's say, for, for parents or for another immediate uh, relative. Um, 
right? This idea that you're tearing until the heart. Um, the Gemara says that a high priest, the Kohen Gadol, tears from below, right, lower down, and not from above. Um, and uh, again, uh, interestingly, the Gemara talks about what if you borrow um, clothing from some your friend, and now unfortunately you heard that somebody passed away. Um, if you told them, so the Gemara describes the the scenario, right? You told your friend, "I'm going to visit my sick relative. Uh, can I borrow your, you know, jacket?" Um, because you told them that your relative was sick, um, so the, the idea is that you can. Um, rip this garment if you need to, um, because you, you kind of prepared the person that you were going to visit a sick person. If you didn't, then you cannot. Um, the Gemara tells us that a mourner should not hold a young child on their lap um, because this uh, this will make the mourner happy. And again, uh, for the first few days, the mourner needs to kind of sit in that sadness. Uh, Doc 27 tells us that uh, if you're traveling for work, uh, you should try and limit your work, again, as a mourner. Um, as we mentioned before, um, when does the mourning begin? Um, one opinion is when it leaves the house, when the body leaves the house. Others say when the coffin is sealed or uh, when the grave is actually covered. And in general, we say uh, that it starts from when the burial, uh, when when uh, the burial uh, happens uh, at the end of the, the funeral. Um, you can straighten your beds. Um, here, I think I have a picture of the beds uh, on their sides. One minute here. Uh, there was this idea that they put their beds on their sides. Um, so you can uh, put your bed straight up um, from Mincha on Friday afternoon, uh, and then you have to turn them over again after Shabbat. Again, as we mentioned, um, the, the, the idea is that there is no um, mourning on Shabbat itself. Uh, the Gemara talks about turning over all the beds in the house, or maybe just um, the beds that are being used to sleep on, uh, but not like certain special beds. Um, okay, the next Mishnah tells us that um, you can bring food to the mourners. Uh, when you bring food to the mourner's house, um, you should bring the food in a simple basket. Um, hold on, we don't really have any more pictures, so we can come back to here. Um, so uh, the Gemara tells us that um, you shouldn't bring anything fancy to the mourner's house, um, and you don't say, um, a, the special blessing for the mourner on Chola Moed. Again, this idea that on Chola Moed, we don't have official mourning uh, customs. Um, you do make two lines, again, to escort the mourner from the burial. Um, you don't have a lot of eulogies on Chola Moed. Again, the burial is happening, but we limit the eulogies. Um, we don't leave the coffin in the middle of the street. Uh, it seems that there was a custom that they would leave the coffin in the street uh, as part of the funeral service, uh, and that's how they would give the eulogies. So we do not do this on 
so first of all, we shouldn't do this for women. Uh, and the Gemara is going to talk more about this. Uh, so the Gemara says that the baskets, again, ah, why don't you bring uh, the food in fan- fancy baskets? Uh, the Gemara tells us we don't want to embarrass poor people. Uh, again, uh, as we were talking about before, we have a sensitivity to our entire community. Let's say everybody's bringing food over. Um, so if some people are bringing it in a gold basket and other people are bringing it in a straw basket, um, those people are going to be embarrassed. Uh, and therefore, um, and we're going to see right now um, that there were a lot of um, different customs that emerged from this idea of keeping things um, basically uh, uniform or uh, the same so as to not embarrass anybody. Um, right? There used to be different burial and mourning customs between a rich person and a poor person, and they changed the customs so that it would be the same for everybody. Um, so, right, it used to be that um, burial was very expensive. The, the people wanted to be buried in all sorts of clothing. Um, Rabban Gamliel decided, right, he was the leader of the community. Um, and, uh, and this idea that he asked um, to be buried in linen garments. Uh, and that became the shrouds for everybody. Uh, very simple. And that is the, the, the law nowadays. Uh, in general, Jews are buried in a simple white shroud. Um, everybody, rich, poor, male, female, everybody's buried in the same thing. Uh, and that is uh, important in terms of uh, unifying everybody and making sure everybody gets a proper burial. Um, if a sage dies, um, you can leave the coffin in the street in order to eulogize them a lot, even on Chol HaMoed, right? Again, because of um, um, the, the uh, honoring the Torah that has been lost. Um, the Gemara, again, back to our sensitivities. Um, the Gemara tells us that if a mourner nods his head, um, it shows that he's been consoled and the visitor can leave. Right again, that we have this idea that for seven days a per, a person, a mourner, sits in their house. Right, it's called shiva from the word sheva, shiva. They're sitting for seven days, um, and the idea is that um, the community is supposed to come and console the person. Um, on the other hand, we don't want to overwhelm the person either. Um, you know, we don't want. Uh, interestingly enough, I, I don't know if it happens in in uh, in America, but here in Israel, we actually sometimes have times uh, for when you can come and visit the mourner, right? So uh, the times are whatever it is, right? There's a break in the afternoon so that uh, the mourner can maybe you know have an afternoon nap, uh, and please do not come after whatever it is, 10 o'clock at night. Uh, again, I think that. Um, it's important to console uh, the, the mourner, but it's also important to be very sensitive. And I think um, the Gemara is being extremely sensitive, uh, again, for the community and for the mourner. So the, the Gemara says, when the mourner is consoled, you're allowed to get up and leave, right? You don't have to be there all day, uh, and you should do what, right, kind of read your cues from the mourner. Um, um, the mourner should eat other people's foods, right? Again, making sure um, that um, that um, the that people are bringing food for the mourner. Um, residents of a city can't work till the person is buried. Again, this idea that we want to make sure that everybody gets a proper burial. So you don't go to work till you know that the person is being buried. Um, as long as 
uh, again, we have this idea of a Hevra Kadisha, uh, the people who are uh, in charge of the burial of the person. As long as you know someone is taking care of the, the deceased, then you can go, then you can go to work. Um, and here, as Fiona had mentioned at the beginning, um, the Gemara tells us on 27 that you shouldn't cry or mourn too excessively. Again, it's interesting what that means. Again, I think that that's a very subjective thing. Um, but I think the idea is that there's a time and place for everything. And unfortunately, the Gemara, or, or maybe fortunately, right? Maybe the Gemara is trying to teach us that things need to be, uh, you know, kind of limited in, in the sense of what is healthy grieving, right? A grief, grief period. Um, so the Gemara tells us that, um, how, do, how does one mourn, right? So the Gemara talks about three days of Bechi, right? There's three days of crying, um, seven days of mourning, uh, and then 30 days of Shloshim. And after that, um, that's it, meaning again, in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, other uh, relatives, uh, again, the, the Gemara says that um, you should cry strongly for someone who uh, doesn't uh, have any children. Again, everything is relative. Um, the Gemara says that um, um, you, you need to, to, again, have sadness and humility. Uh, Daf 28 tells us that um, you can leave um, one second. Ah, um, we said that you shouldn't leave the women out uh, in, in the street in order to eulogize them. Um, the Gemara says that you can. Uh, again, you can leave them in the street to eulogize them, um, but it needs to be in a, in a proper way. And unfortunately, if a woman died in childbirth, uh, there, the, the Gemara describes that there might be a lot of bleeding that would not be appropriate uh, in terms of a public display. Uh, and then the, the, the coffin is not uh, laid out in that way. Uh, from here, we're going to talk about different types of death. Uh, again, uh, not, not a very uplifting uh, discussion, but I think uh, really the, the Gemara is trying to teach us uh, sensitivity uh, to our community. So uh, the Gemara talks about Miriam who died uh, with what's called a nishika, right? Nishika means a kiss, right? And this is um, the, the, I guess, the highest form or, or the best form of death uh, where, right, I guess we use the word kiss of death, right? But here it's like, right, God kisses them, uh, Moshe and Miriam, and they just uh, pass away very easily. Um, the Gemara says that just like the Paraduma, the red heifer, brings atonement, um, so too the death of a righteous person brings atonement to the community. Um, the, the Gemara describes a rushed death, right? Is someone who dies suddenly. Uh, if a person dies after five days, that's considered a normal death. Again, I think here we're discussing... Um, uh, giving the family time to depart from the person who is sick, uh, maybe giving them some some time together, uh, maybe this idea that less than five days, uh, the family feels, uh, you know, almost uh, robbed of that uh, ex uh, experience or that um, that uh, that opportunity. Um, the Gemara talks about uh, different ages of death. Uh, that if a person dies. Um, before or before 50, uh, that's considered dying very young. 
and um, that is the concept of karet. Uh, karet uh, is a, a punishment or a type of death uh, that's seen as an early death or, or the death of somebody who does not have children. Um, if someone dies at 70, it's seen as uh, someone who has uh, lived to an old age. Uh, if somebody dies after uh, 80, it's called gvura, right? This is, uh, they've died in strength. Um, after 80, if you die suddenly, it's seen as nishika. Um, actually, a few weeks ago, unfortunately, we lost uh, the rabbi of our community, uh, and he was over 80 and did die very suddenly. Uh, Rav Pearl from uh, from here, from Alon Shvut, uh, it seems to be this, like like this idea of nishika, just a sudden a sudden death. Um, so uh, may his uh, neshama have an aliyah. Um, Rava says that the length of the life or the number of children or your sustenance doesn't depend on your merit, so different than what we just said. Uh, rather, it is up to uh, fate or mazal. Uh, for those of you who remember, we learned about this concept of mazal uh, in Masechet Shabbat. We actually said, Ein mazal Israel, right? We don't have, um, I sh like that the, the constellations don't have any power over us. Um, but here it seems, right, that Rava basically says, look, you see, he brings two great rabbis uh, who were both equally great, and one suffered terribly in their life, and one uh, had a beautiful life. So um, he says, you know, we, we don't understand. Uh, again, uh, I think that this is an important concept, uh, a difficult concept uh, in Jewish philosophy when we see, uh, unfortunately, bad things happen to very good people. Uh, and um, I think here the Gemara is trying to tell us uh, don't start making calculations, right? Uh, we do not understand uh, how the world works, and um, we just don't understand. Um, the Gemara has uh, numerous stories on DAF 28 uh, about death, uh, different stories about death. Uh, a rabbi, uh, we have conversations with the angel of death, uh, right? Uh, somebody asking the angel of death not to... Uh, uh, not to take the, the other person uh, in a painful way. Uh, and he comes back and he says, uh, that worked, right? I, I, I didn't feel a thing when I died. Um, and the death was not painful. Um, other stories of the angel of death appearing in different places. Uh, and the person says, you know, um, can you not take me just yet? It seems that the, the person does see the angel of death uh, and says, you know, can you wait till I... Uh, finish eating my truma and then I'll die? Or can you wait till I get home? I'm in the middle of the street. Can you just wait till I get home and then you, I'll die? Uh, and it seems that uh, the angel does listen uh, to these people. Um, there's another story that uh, the angel of death couldn't kill Rav Chista uh, because he was learning Torah all the time. Uh, and he made a noise in the garden and you know, he was shocked, so he turned to see what was going on, and at that moment he stopped learning, uh, and that's how he was able to kill him. Uh, if you were, if you remember, uh, those of you who uh, have been learning uh, with me for, for the past two years, uh, we actually learned the, a similar story with David HaMelech, right? King David, uh, the same thing. He knew that he was going to uh, die on Shabbat, uh, and he also uh, learned Shabbat, every, he learned uh, on every Shabbat, Shabbat, he learned 
every minute of the of the day uh, so that he would not die and a similar story of uh, some noise in the garden uh, and uh, David trips and uh, the same thing he stops for a moment and he dies. Uh, the last Mishnah in this Masechet um, talk about different customs, excuse me, different customs uh, that they would have at funerals, it seems that they would hire women to wail and cry. It was part of the mourning process. Again, these women are not the mourners themselves. They are professionals um, who are brought in. Um, so the Mishnah tells us that the women can wail, but they can't clap on Chola Moed. Again, uh, these are different types of um, things that they used to do at a funeral. Um, on Rosh Chodesh, you can do both. Um, but you can't do mekoninot, again, another type of wailing. Um, and then the Mishnah ends, uh, in the future, death will be swallowed forever, right? And again, I think uh, the, the Masechet is going to end on, the, on a high note, which is that uh, at the end of days, we will not have the, we will not have to deal with death, right? Death is uh, a very uh, natural process that we deal with in this world, uh, but in the next world, uh, we will not have to deal with that. Um, the Gemara tells us different things that the women used to say at funerals, uh, in sorrow, right? Again, to get people to um, also to chip in for the expenses of the funeral as well. Um, the, the Gemara talks about life as being uh, alone from God, right? We borrow life uh, and the suffering that we have in this world is the interest that we're paying on that loan. Uh, I thought that was a very sharp uh, description of, uh, again, suffering in this world and death. Um, the Gemara describes that if you help with the burial, then you will get that help back when it's your time. Um, we also have a description of different sages uh, comforting the mourners and different things that they said. Um, and they say that each person should say something novel, something new. Uh, don't repeat things that other people have said. Um, and we have a story of the sages that come to comfort Rabbi Ishmael on the death of his sons. And each one kind of mentions different people uh, from a Tanakh uh, that uh, were mourned. And that should be a consolation for Rabbi Ishmael. Um, we have a diff different explanations here about what does it mean to die in peace. Um, the Gemara talks about, um, again, we would think dying in peace means not suffering. Uh, the Gemara seems to say that that's not the case. Uh, it could mean uh, dying um, um, not in captivity or uh, not witnessing the destruction of the temple was also dying in peace. Um, Comforters, again, those who come to comfort the mourners, can't say anything till the mourner says something to them. Again, uh, we want to be sensitive to the mourner, and we want the mourner to set the tone of, uh, of the room. Uh, and that's why we wait for the mourner to initiate the conversation, um, and then uh, you can respond. Um, right? This is learned from Eov. Um, the same thing, um, again, mourners and a, bra and a groom sit at the head of the table, so too a Kohen, right? All these people are given a certain honor. Um, uh, the priest also is given great honor. Uh, our last daf is a very short daf, daf 29, um, talks about 
um, the soul's departure from the body. Again, right? It's, I think it's important to understand that we are made up of two parts. I mean, many parts, but two main parts, right? Our physical being, our body, and our spiritual being, which is our soul, our neshama. Uh, and at, at death, those two parts are separated, right? The body returns to the earth. Uh, the neshama, the divine part of us, returns to God. Uh, and the question is, what does that feel like, right? Again, so we saw for some people it was very painless. Uh, for others, it is more painful. Um, the Gemara tells us that when leaving the deceased, you say, lech bishalom, right? The deceased should go in peace, right? Go in peace. When you leave a living person, you say, lech Shalom, right? Go to peace. Um, and I think a lot of things have been written about this, uh, but I think that this idea of going to peace uh, when we are still living is this idea that we are on a journey, right? Our lives are on a journey. So our journey should be filled with peace, right? Lech Shalom, uh, that our journey should be filled with peace as opposed to lech bishalom, right? I guess we would say rest in peace, right? The, 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 the body is now at peace uh, and the body is uh, resting in peace as well. Um, the, the Gemara talks about accepting um, the, the divine presence, the Shekhinah, when we go from a shul, uh, right, a place of prayer to the Beit Midrash, a place of learning and vice versa, Again, uh, we've seen this before, the divine presence is found in these two places, right? After the temple was destroyed, the divine presence is in our places of worship and our places of learning. Um, and a sage, uh, interesting, the Gemara ends, this Masechet ends um, by saying that a sage doesn't rest in the next world. What does that mean? That sounds very scary. Um, but it really means that just like a, a, a wise person, a sage, learns every day in this world, they continue the learning in the next world. Um, and with that, uh, we finish Masechet Moed Katan, right? Hadran Alach Masechet Moed. I think that uh, this Masechet, I think, had some highs and some lows in terms of just emotions. Uh, we started talking about um, the moed, right, chol ha-moed, in terms of uh, preserving the feeling of the festival, even in the intermediate days. Uh, so we were talking about uh, the joy of the festival. Uh, from there, we went to uh, the lower times in our lives, which is mourning. Uh, and again, I think the beauty of um, of Jewish law is that we have laws in order to preserve happiness and to uh, accept grief and mourning, right? And there are laws that follow us throughout the cycle in our lives. Uh, and as we mentioned before, uh, these laws are there not to, uh, you know, not to be nitpicky and not to drive us crazy, but really to uh, inspire us, uh, to help us heal, uh, to help us mourn and to help us celebrate. Uh, so with that, I wish everyone 
uh, a wonderful week. Uh, and really, uh, congratulations to all of you uh, for finishing Masechet Moed Katan. I hope you are, are going to celebrate with your friends and your family. Um, and uh, looking forward to starting the next Masechet with you uh, next week, Masechet Chagiga, uh, at our regular time. So wishing everyone a wonderful week. Bye-bye, Rabbi. And thank you, but I want you to know I have, as of two days